Okay, this is a bit of a cold opening. Normally, you'd have some greetings, but given that it's our one-year anniversary, we've actually got a special guest. So, uh, Stevie, good to see you again. Why don't you do the, uh, the the normal opening like you used to for old times' sake? Hello and welcome to the Forty Eight Shades of Poop. Oh my God! They killed Stevie. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, we do apologise. Don't know what happened there, but we can guarantee it's never going to happen again. Anyway, we're not in this podcast. Is that a gun you're putting away there, Mark? It is indeed, it is indeed. Yeah, and I've just ordered the, the tarpaulin from downstairs. <laughs> we had to invite a special guest back just to kill him off because he keeps sniping us through Twitter, doesn't he? He does indeed, yes. He does indeed. Oh, you got the challenge wrong. Oh, you got the day wrong. Ugh. Get a job. <laughs> right, should we have a proper opening now? Uh, we should, yeah. Paul, I guess you're the host again. Okay. Because you're too lazy to do any, any work preparing for it because I've been too busy doing the advent calendar oh yeah okay. don't get me started chief <laughs> it's a good job you're uh, it's a good job Songnam didn't qualify for the ACL this year otherwise you'd be too busy going to two lots of matches a week wouldn't you yeah yeah Just, uh, don't even go there I told you I told you what happened I told you what happened there's a phone in the corner here it doesn't need to work tomorrow <laughs> but yeah you mean you have two dead Podcast, <laughs> yes, yeah, with me, I'll be in the podcast every week from, from from now on, yeah, with different voices. Anyway, guys, welcome to Forty Eight Shades of Football. It's our birthday uh, edition, one year old, episode fifty three. It is indeed. We, uh, we're all sitting here, like with our birthday cake, with one candle on it, in with, our birthday suits, in our birthday suits. Uh, thankfully, there's no there's no customers <laughs> walking past. Originally, we were going to do this live from Sangam. Um, Given the freezing temperatures yesterday, it's probably a good job we didn't. Uh, yes. We'd have looked quite Korean, I feel. Uh, I feel even even the V girls wouldn't have been intimidated. Even the big, the world's biggest zoom lens wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I have to mention, I didn't realise that that V girls actually stood. I didn't know that the V in V girls stood for very, 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 very young. <laughs> well, they must be all of age. <laughs> I was close enough to see that they weren't. Anyway, we've been uh, cranking these podcasts out for a year now, and I said to Mark we should do this one as a clip show, take the week off. Unfortunately, it coincided with round two of the ACL, so... So you, you said clip show? Clip show. So I thought you said something else completely. No, you've got, still got V-Girls on your mind, haven't you? <laughs> so, no clip show. We, we did actually have some proper content. If we'd have thought about this better last year, we could have prepared week one sometime in January when there's nothing to talk about and we could have had a, a clip show we could have done but I think it's probably better to do it live live from Pohang yeah what the clip show <laughs> <laughs> so yeah just for your just in case we sort of sound distracted we do have Pohang versus Urawa on the background uh, we're not going to attempt to commentate on it we'll just give our usual ooh and ah we will indeed um, ooh, I guess corner. we'll you join us at 1-0 to Pohan. Uh, Pohan scored a penalty. Unfortunately, we were getting the, the podcast microphones and uh, sound check all done, so we actually missed the penalty. But podcast favourite son, career racing, said, ooh, that's how you take an effing penalty. <laughs> so I'm assuming it was a good one. Not like whoever it was that missed one yesterday for Japan, uh, for Tokyo. I didn't see that, actually. But yeah. Or not like whoever misses most of Pohang's penalties for the last two years. They've been kind of famous as being horrendously awful at taking penalties, yeah? So, we've got quite a bit to cover tonight. 
not much time to do it because we both got to take off around about half time. Yeah, what I will say that before we get started, Paul, like you, you did say it's our, our birthday, yeah? Yeah. So, so that means it's like one full calendar year? Yeah. Ah, which I guess calendars that we've been doing the advent calendar or the key advent calendar on the on the blog, yeah. We have indeed. We're up to day number, I guess, on at recording day number fifteen. Yep. Um, By the time this goes out, it'll be somewhere between fifteen and twenty-four. <laughs> yeah, so maybe be day twenty-five. The special. <laughs> I suspect this this week's podcast will probably go out Saturday. Okay. Okay, but so we're the only one doing an advent calendar, yeah? Are there any form of like countdown to the Kaylee Classic? Is that correct? Uh, no, the Kaylee Classic, the Kaylee themselves have started one. They started, oh, okay. at, started at day 16, I think, which is a bit of an odd choice. But And have they been putting up photographs of flip flops and Brazilians? Uh, no, they started with, I think they started with the, the, what we covered last week being the, the, the managers and captains pick for oh, okay. the Kaylee champions. Uh, after that, they did one which was the the manager and captain's pick for the golden boot, and the manager and captain's pick for MVP for the year, and then from then on, they're just doing a, a review of each team. It looks like ah oh, sweet. Good so good. It started with Suwon, and presuming they'll work down to Chumbuk at day one. So Suwon is who they, is who they think will, will get relegated, working their way up to who they think will top the league. Presumably something like kind that. Of some, some, something similar to what we did about. Four episodes ago, yeah. Okay, cool. So, since you mentioned it, should we go through the the managers and captains picks for the for the Golden Boot? Okay, yep, sounds good. So the Golden Boot uh, obviously is can only go to one player, and that's going to be Adriano. Given he's got seven go seven <laughs> goals in <laughs> two <laughs> games so far, yeah. He would probably reckon that that's what everyone went for. Uh, I did find it quite interesting that uh, that is not what happened. <laughs> but anyway, um, I guess. I think we did last week with the or last episode with the with the managers picks. I guess we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. Yeah. Uh, maybe being all kind of like uh, upset and annoyed as we as we start at the bottom. Yeah. Um, so I guess in sixth place with only two points. So it's the same system as last time. Two points can mean either one person picked to finish second or two people picked to finish. Yeah. Other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So in sixth place with only two points and looking rather glum. Um, on his box in the in the uh, in the graphic, it's Wang Yijou. Have they actually painted all the zits on his face? In the <laughs> that's a bit harsh, isn't it? <laughs> they actually have as well. <laughs> oh my god, they actually have as well. That is insane. Okay, for anyone who hasn't seen it on the graphic, they've actually painted zits on Wang Yijou's face. That is insane. He doesn't have freckles, does he? Well, no, he's Korean. <laughs> no. Okay, anyway, um, so yeah, so Wang Yi uh, people who thought that Wang Yi would finish second? Osmar, FC oh. Seoul's captain. Osmar? So thought he'd finish first. Thought he would finish first, yeah? So. Yeah, but, but uh, I'm, I'm beginning to get more and more respect for Osmar as we go along. <laughs> I'm losing respect for him. <laughs> In fifth place, with three points, was Adriano. Which just goes to show that no one in the K-League has any idea what they're talking about. That's yeah. insane. So he was picked by Che Gang-hee in first place and Nam-gil, the Kwangju manager, is second place. So, Okay. You've got to respect Che Gang-hee's pick, don't you? Um, if it was Kim Hak-bum, I would say yes. But, quite, but Che Gang-hee, the only thing I respect is the wig maker that he's went to. Because <laughs> his wig is even darker than, <laughs> than last year. <laughs> Which is kind of amazing. In fourth place with five points was uh, Lee Jung Hyop of Ulsan. Okay, is that the same Lee Jung Hyop that I thought played for Pusan? 
I don't even remember what we just, how we resolved that. <laughs> I have no idea, yeah. Except that you cheated. <laughs> yes, and I still lost. So anyway. So he was picked by Choi Young-soo, the sole manager, and Kwon Sun-tae, the Chumbo captain, to finish first. And Kim Do-hoon, the Incheon manager, to finish second. Okay, sweet. Third okay. place with eight points. Uh, is, is eight points the number of penalties that he'll probably dodgily win in the first half of the season? Quite possibly. Okay, you probably guess it's uh, the one and only Lee Dong Gook, uh, my favourite all-time K-League classic player. Uh, he finished with, with eight points, as we said. Um, no one picked him to finish second, which is strange because I usually think he's a number two. Um, but anyway, um, picking him in f- to finish first were Choi Jin Chol, the Pohang manager. Okay. Yun Jong Hwan, the Ulsan manager. And uh, Kim Do Hyun, the Songnam captain. And Hwang Ji Soo, the Pohang captain. Okay, so I guess Pohang like to stick together, yeah? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so obviously if, if Adriano and Nee Dong Gook are, are not first and second, then who's first and second then? Uh, key names that are missing would be Santos from Suwon. Yep. Higor from Suwon. Higor from Suwon. Uh, Yum Ki Hoon from Suwon. Uh, Kwon Chang Hoon from Suwon uh, and probably the Suwon uh, Goalie Suwon yeah. uh, Mr Bo no whatever his name is I don't know what his name is okay, okay yeah so I'm assuming no one from Suwon made any, any list right Park Chiyong Park Chiyong yeah Park Chiyong may, may be on the list uh, I guess maybe they're thinking that uh, Jeprov might score the same goal again even though he doesn't no longer play in the K-League I don't know that but yeah, so I guess it must be the one and only returning legend himself. Mr. Damjanovic. Mr. Damjanovic. Who did it, so, Paul, I guess, drumroll, did he finish first or second? Second. Second. Which, based on his performances so far this year, I don't see happening. I think this table's been turned upside down, and I think Wangy Joe is going to be top, and Adriano is going to be second. I don't understand how, you can, how anyone can pick Dehan above Adriano other than sentimentality. So he got a lot of second pl- second choice picks, didn't he? Yeah, but I guess so. We're just we're not going to go through all of them, but I guess we'll have a look at maybe some of the some of the big ones. Yeah, Chonbuk Suwon managers, Songnam manager. Yep. Um, Suwon captain. Uh, first p- first place pick from Cho Jin Ho, who is the Sangju capt- uh, Sangju manager. Okay. Then Chonbuk Suwon. Ulsan and Chunnam uh, captains. All picked him second, yeah? Uh, all picked him as first. Picked him as first, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and I guess, so that leaves us just the, the, the one and only, yeah? There's going to be one player then who's going to finish Golden Boot second year in a row. Yep. It's going to be the rookie, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Picked um, by everybody else. Picked by everybody. Picked by everybody, yeah. So basically the biggest names, say Osmar picked him to finish um, second. Uh, yeah. Basically got... Six managers picking him to finish first, four captains picking him to finish first, one manager picked him to finish second, and five captains finish, fin- picked him to finish second. Uh, and his and his prize for for finishing first was they put a little cupcake on his head in the graphic. Oh, it's a crown. Sorry. Interesting of the of the sort of six potential nominees or six potential golden boots: four Koreans, two foreigners. Mm, yeah. I think it could. Be, I don't. I don't see it being another Korean this year. I think Kim Shinnok last year. Yes, 
it was a bit of a surprise. I just don't see it being another Korean. I do think if Edu had stayed, obviously, if Edu had stayed in the K League and hadn't left halfway through, I think you, you'd have seen a foreigner win it last year. It was Santos two years ago. Uh, my money's going to be on Adriano basically this year. Adriano, yeah, assuming he stays around, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, assuming he's still there come the end of the season, yeah. Right. I, I would be surprised if Dehan is up there, to be perfectly honest. Should we just go through MVP quickly? Okay. That's much more subjective, isn't it? Yeah. So MVP, basically, we have a whole host of people who are like kind of between second place and ninth place. There's like seven points separate um, pretty much yeah, everyone from like second to like ninth. Uh, some names in there, Dehan, uh, Kim Chanuk, uh, Kwong Chan-hoon, who finished second. Yom Ki Hoon, uh, Wang Yi Jo's in there, uh, Idong Guk is in there, they both finished um, Lop joint sixth. Adriano and Pak Jiong joint seventh. Well, it's incredible. Um, N- number eight is quite interesting because it's the, the new sole goalie. Well, I mean, he, he, he was pretty pivotal or you know a pretty key player for uh, Inchon, I guess. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe people think he's going to be an important important player this year for so. Yeah. Uh, he's picked by the Inchon manager, so he's p- been picked by his ex-manager. His ex-manager, yeah. So that kind of explains that. But right out there, at the top, the, with zero competition, basically, uh, like on 22 points, like a 14-point gap between him and uh, Kwon Chang-hun, is... E.J. Song from Chumbuk. E.J. Song from Chumbuk. What's interesting for me about this is that among the captains, he got... Uh, uh, two, four, six, seven picks for first place. Among managers, he only got three. So the managers' opinions are much more divided. Yeah, and they seem to. Have well, I mean, I guess that would be probably. I guess if like looking at that, I guess what that does say is like the captains play against them, yeah. like week in, week out, so they know how difficult he is to play against. Uh, whereas the managers, I guess their viewpoint is like, do we pick him to mark? Man Mark or do we man? I mean, looking at John Book, do we man Mark E.J. Song? Do we man Mark Kim Po Kyung? Do we man Mark Kim Chanuk? E. Dong Gook? So I guess maybe like maybe the managers don't view him as being quite that influential a player uh, in the John Book team or in, like in the league. Whereas obviously the captains who play against him think, yeah, this is the guy that we that we think is the best player in the league. So Che Gang he thinks Dayan's the best player in the league. That's good. First game of the season, they'll man mark him out of the game and let Adriano score a double trick. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. And very interesting that uh, Kim Hak Bum uh, picked EJ Sung uh, as as like second place in the MVP, which is quite interesting because yeah, we don't generally do that well against John Book, so maybe that explains why we don't do that well against John Book. And he picked Kwon Chan- Chang Hoon as his first pick for MVP, so. And Song Nam generally did quite well against Su Won. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, and Kwon Chan Hoon generally didn't do much against us last season at all, to be perfectly honest. So yeah, I think looking at that, um, I think it's interesting that, that you, you have such a difference between uh, the, the, the captains and managers. But as I said, I guess that is playing against them as opposed to tactically nullifying them are two completely different things, yeah. Interestingly, just on the graphic quickly, why does Kim Chinook look like he's eating 14 pizzas? <laughs> looks like Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? With this little thing on top of his head that looks like... He actually, to be honest, he looks like someone has put a condom over, over his head and blew it up. That's how he actually looks. <laughs> he, looks like a, he looks like one of those armed robbers that put stock <laughs> over their head. <laughs> he does. 
Come into a convenience store near you. So, Mark, I believe you've been to visit FC Solgram twice in the last couple of days. Uh, yes, on Sunday uh, I went to the opening uh, of the fan park. As a v VIP guest? Uh, no, I just turned up, I had nothing else to do in my time. Actually, I was going to Home Plus, to be perfectly honest, but I didn't realise that that was the Sunday that everything was shut, that all the, all the supermarkets in the, in the region were shut. Were you, were you perchance going there to buy a kilt? Uh, no, I was actually going there to buy something for my broken sister. Not my broken sister, that's something completely different. But my broken sister uh, in my bathroom doesn't flush anymore. Did you really want to go into detail as to what I was going to buy for? No. <laughs> okay. I just wanted so they didn't have any FCC, FC Sultan at all. That's because there is no FC Sultan, and there never will be. Okay. But anyway, back on to the fact that uh, we have only one host left on the podcast again. <laughs> um, another one is in the corner right now crying because someone may have dropped something on him. Uh, yeah, I was at the fan park. Um, I did go to see it, just purely, as I said, I was in the area. But yeah, I thought I would drop in and have a look at it anyway. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's built on the old site of, I don't know what was there. Uh, empty building. Empty building, like a temporary market or something, yeah? I don't know, there's been nothing there. As long as I can remember. Okay. I mean, the building was there, but it was just empty, yeah. actually empty. I mean, I think definitely, I think we, we've discussed this maybe more on Twitter than maybe actually on the podcast. I think it's a good idea. I think more, you know, I think Keighley clubs should have the ability to buy merchandise not on match day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know Jed, you have something similar there, like, a, like an old uh, container. I think they actually might have got it from uh, Seoul Eland when that idea bombed. Um, but anyway, there's probably been as many people in the Jeju container shop as was in Soweilands. But anyway, uh, and yeah, like I think it is something that I remember years ago when I was going home for for my first Christmas, and I was looking to buy uh, like strips for my nephews, and there really wasn't anywhere to buy any strips unless you went on on match day. Um, and as we know, like the Celtic attendances are pretty have been falling. They're not exactly inspiring, so I think having having the fan part there, where you can go, you know, on a on a non-match day and, and, and buy something, is a, is a good way of kind of getting extra money, extra revenue, in, into the club. So the opening hours, I think it was closed on Mondays. It's closed on Mondays. Tuesday to Friday, it's open 11:30 to 8:30. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's like 11 to late or 10 to late or something. Like that, yeah. And then weekends, it's open a bit longer, but I can't remember off the top of my yeah. head what it was. But what was interesting was after the game on uh, Tuesday, after the game yesterday, after the game on Tuesday, there was a huge snaking queue uh, outside Fan Park of people going to buy strips, which I thought was quite unusual because it is open every day bar bar Monday. So why stand in a freezing in a freezing cold? Day, why stand in, in a queue to to buy your Osmar signed shirt? Or you know that your Adriano T-shirt or something when you could have just gone the next day and got it. I thought it was quite strange. The the interesting thing I think Seoul completely underestimated the number of people who go to the match yesterday, didn't they? I, I don't know if it was they like underestimated the number of people. I mean I think they would probably have imagined between fifteen and eighteen thousand would, would have turned up on a holiday for a game, but I think they underestimated the fact that no one actually had a season ticket and no one had a ticket, so everyone had to queue to actually get in. You know what I mean? They either to like go through the ticket counter or you know and I think as is usual with Korean sports fans I think Koreans are used to turning up at the last minute you know buying a ticket and, and going straight in because it's not really you know that essential because there's never used the big queues and I think that's what it was I think it was just everyone 
thought, oh, five minutes, ten minutes to go, I'll go and get a ticket, yeah? And of course, that wasn't typically be the case, as there was a huge, huge queue, yeah? yeah? So I don't know if they underestimated the numbers as such. I think they underestimated the, the fact everyone was going to go at the same time. You know, like no one was turning up at one o'clock and going into the stadium, or even going and getting a ticket. I think it was just like everyone was turning up and going, you know, at the last minute to get a ticket, yeah? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, as I said, I think the fan park is a good idea. I'm not sure if it will put any, you know, like any more interest into the K-League. I'm not sure anytime soon you're going to see a bunch of kids running around the like Mapplegoo wearing FC Soul strips, uh, as opposed but to Chelsea, Liverpool, Man U and everything else. But I think you, you it, have to imagine that FC Soul's opening two games where they've scored seven goals is going to do far more to get bums on seats than opening the fan park. I mean, yeah. But I also think uh, having, I guess we'll, we'll talk about this in, in, in the review, but having spent the game against Hiroshima right next to the uh, V-Girls and the hugely annoying cheerleading, cheerleader guy thing, yeah. I think that's going to put more, more, uh, uh, more bums in seats than the action on the pitch, no matter how many goals you, you score, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I think, uh, again, 18,000 people were there. I think you could have scored 20 goals. I'm not sure 18,000 people are going to come back to the next game. That's the problem. It's not marketed properly. And I think that's another issue that we've discussed previously. Yeah, But I think definitely you're looking at it and saying after after the score yesterday, after the game yesterday, you'd like to hope that a large percentage of them would come back. But I'm not convinced that they were all really that into the football, to be honest. Well, since we got talking about the match and the crowds, do you want to talk about the football itself? Uh, yeah, I mean it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty amazing game. To be perfectly honest, uh, I was interested to see. Were you there? Of course, I was there. I was, I was there. I go to any football game that is that is on. What, what were you wearing? Uh, I was wearing some underwear, and nothing else. <laughs> um, Not the Scottish national dress. Oh my God. Uh, no, I wasn't wearing a Scottish national dress. You know, like we have like four listeners anyway, so it's not like anyone's going to put two and two together. Um, so basically, like uh, course, I had been at course. I had been at Su1 the previous week. Of course, you're going to come with Su1. No. I'm going to say the the FC kilt, the FC Soul kilt wasn't there yesterday because he double booked with the theatre. That's a fair point. He actually is the FC Soul kilt. Uh, yes. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it was a pretty amazing game. Um, I think. Um, the first half was kind of slightly balanced, but more in, in Seoul's favour. But definitely, I thought Hiroshima looked dangerous at, at times. They looked competitive, didn't they? Yeah. Seoul um, looked wasteful. I was a little bit disappointed by, now, and this may not be his, his actual name, but I'm sure it is, Peter Yutaka, yeah. the Nigerian centre-forward. Yeah. I didn't think he was particularly great. To be honest, and uh, Asano, who had slain the under twenty threes uh, in the in the final just recently, again looked lively, but nothing not nothing particularly great. They did take the lead. Sam Fetchy took the lead. Pretty woeful defending. Uh, really, when he blame Osmar for it or not? Like some people were outside after the game. I, I don't know, but I think a combination of Osmar and the the ex Inchon goalkeeper was maybe not not great. 
it's like that would be a slap in the face that FSO needed to kind of like wake up and pretty much from Hiroshima's opening goal for the next, what was that, like the next 70 minutes, Seoul just absolutely pounded them. Yeah. Uh, and Hiroshima just, it was like they had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Uh, the equaliser, nah, I could have scored it, but there's no denying the amazing corner. Uh, good corner. Brilliant corner. Ball broke loose. Slammed in at the back post. Mm, slammed in the back post, slipped in his ass and fell and uh, hit his footman in the back post. I was a tad closer. Um, it wasn't the hardest finish in the world, but he did take it well. Yeah. Uh, one each half time. I think at, at that point, I was talking to Korea Racing and we were saying, you know, this is not good, you know, like so really don't want to lose this game after the 6 0 win in, in, in Buriram. You know, blah blah blah, especially because you consider Shandong going to go to Buriram. I don't think anyone really thought that the second half was going to be the way it was. But so came out straight from the from the whistle and just completely dominated uh, San Frecci. And yeah, the, the final score was 4 1. Uh, Adriano got all three. The third goal, his, his hat trick goal, was just world class. He missed another one as well, didn't he? He could have yeah. got his fourth, but he could have I mean, scored. He could have scored five or six if he really wanted to. But we, we knew about Adriano's quality last year, didn't we? The difference for me this year is the is uh, Shin Jin Ho. Yep. In is that his name? Shin Jin Ho. Yep. In in midfield, who's the eight. guy that came from Pohang, and he's just pl- playing some quality balls that are yep. cutting the defences open. Yeah. He has uh, they they to clarify why it was a world class goal. Uh, Shin Jin Ho's back little flick uh, into the path of of Adriano was just. Like something you would, you would see right at the Barcelona training ground, or from you know like the seventies total football from um, from uh, Holland. It was just it, it, it was brilliant. Uh, Adriano didn't even have to break his run; he just ran right onto the ball and buried it. I mean, fantastic finish. Um, I also, I was actually I don't know if I, I don't want to say I, I, I was impressed, but I think the cameo role that Park Chu Young has played in the last two games. It's been quite good. Yeah. I think that's what he is going to play. I don't think Dehan's going to go the full 90 minutes. Yeah. I think Dehan's going to get about 70 minutes with the Patrick Young getting in the last 20. I think that's how he was going to play it. Adriano, main striker, and then either Dehan or Patrick Young partnering him. Yeah. But I was impressed by uh, uh, Patrick Young as well. He looked hungry f- for those 20 minutes. He had some good moves, didn't he? Yep. And his free kick was really close. Yeah. Probably wasn't quite as close as, as I thought it was from. <laughs> From the east end, but uh, it did look pretty close. From where yeah. you were, it would have looked a lot closer. Yeah. It hit the, the post that holds up the net. Yeah. The back, right? so. yeah. But like, from the east stand, it did look a lot closer. And, and on, on the replay, you could see, okay, maybe not quite as much. But definitely, like, coming forward, um, really deadly. Uh, I, I mean, San Frecci would a step up from Buriram, uh, and he still scud them 4 1. Uh, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, I guess we'll just need to wait and see how how it goes once the actual K League starts. Yeah. Um, but you're looking at it now and you're saying, yeah, so we're more than a match for John Book for, uh, for the title. So in the other game in that group, Shandong beat Buriram three 0 at home. Mm-hmm. So that means Shandong and Seoul both on six points. Yeah. Seoul with a, a quite a bit better goal difference. I think it should be noted that that game, obviously, I didn't, I didn't see it, but. From what I was reading on, on Twitter, it was like three 0 going on six 0 as well. Yeah. So I get I get the feeling that there might not really be that much between Shandong and, and Seoul. So I think it makes that double header coming up huge. So next two matches, Seoul go away to Shandong and then welcome them back to Sangam. Yep. yep. And you'd have to assume that by the end of that, 
both will be through. Uh, but at least one of them should be right. Well, the way you're looking at it is that if if they happen to share the points, so that uh, if, they, if it's two draws, then they'll yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, if it's two wins, then they're both on, 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 on nine points, right? The only way that one of them could then get knocked out would be if um, San Fretti go on an amazing run of four victories. Yeah, <laughs> like so, you have to imagine San Fretti could probably beat Buriram home and away. Okay, fine. Yeah, but then are they going to beat Shandong um, in China? Probably not. Uh, and are, are they going to beat um, Seoul in Japan? Well. That's not unlikely. So, I think looking at it, it they could they both Shandong and Seoul might not top the group, but it's going to take a huge performance from San Fretti to like knock to separate them. You'd have to think that if Seoul and Shandong get a win each out of the double header, and then Seoul manage to beat Buram at home, then they'll be through. Um, the other matches played yesterday. Uh, Bindong went to Tokyo. Took the lead, ended up losing three one. Yeah, yeah. Which was Yeah, I mean I guess took the lead and they were leading up until half time, weren't they? Yeah, and then Tokyo just like and then clubbed them, yeah. Well to be fair, Tokyo got a penalty which the keeper saved, and then thirty seconds later he headed the goal into a, headed the ball into his own net from the corner <laughs> and, and he got taken off. Well, well that's not so good. Uh, I didn't see that game at all. I was actually out of having dinner at that point, so I, I don't know much about that one. You watched but the Jumbo game? I did. I want to say they, they did one small thing. I wasn't. I, I wouldn't really be surprised at, at Tokyo coming back from one goal down. Like, Tokyo played some of their. Like, they came back from one from two 0 down to Jumbo. I mean, they could probably maybe have snatched a draw. I think Tokyo are still a dangerous team in that group, definitely. Uh, I watched all of the Jumbo game. Uh, I managed to get myself home in time to turn it on to one of the three sports channels that was showing it. That won't happen again. John but get all the love though, don't they? <laughs> they do get all the love, they, they do. It must be the green. Um, but uh, what, what I found interesting was that after his pretty impressive uh, performance against uh, Bindong, uh, he didn't start uh, part of the... Yeah, it was an all-Korean starting yeah, level. Yeah, it, it was an all-Korean starting. Also minus the, the, the gook. Yep, Eden Gook came on, yeah, um, and can I then changed changed it all around? Well, in more ways than one, <laughs> it seemed to create absolute havoc. Um, I mean, Jiangsu, well, the final score was a three-two. Um, at one point, I looked at Jiangsu were were running away with it. Um, I mean, it was one 0 uh, half time. Second half, I mean, John Book were always in the game. I think uh, up till. I would say up to 2-1 and then they kind of lost all shape, all control, all confidence. Um, so they, would, they got the equaliser and then they conceded two goals and within about five minutes of getting the equaliser, didn't yeah. they? So. I would love to comment on, on the equaliser but apparently Chinese TV cut the camera feed off. <laughs> I think no one has it. Uh, so I really don't know what happened but it was, I believe, Edonguk? Yep. Yep. I, I, I'm actually unsure because they, the, the SBS commentators were, there was a, the, the feed was about uh, a free kick on the touchline, and then it suddenly came back to Edonguk scoring, which looked like they were replaying an offside goal from previously, because yeah. like, no one was was getting excited. Uh, and then the commentator said, "Oh, is it is it one each?" Well, to be honest, we don't really know what's happening here. And then they were trying to figure out if it, if it was one each, and Giants ran run the pitch and scored to make it two one, so it didn't make any difference. But I think definitely uh, Giants will look dangerous at, at times, but also really really wasteful. Uh, Joe 
had the ball in the back of the net, he make it 4-1, but it was chopped off for offside. A uh, couple of chances that, that they snatched at. Uh, hugely disappointed with Ramirez. Hugely disappointed. Apart from being the... He'll be disappointed with himself after getting sent off, surely. Yeah, which was a deserved sending off as well. But he, he was really poor. He, he looked every bit the Chelsea bench warmer. Deserved sending off? Good, From the good, camera angle, I saw that. Good friend of the podcast, Gary, said he was sent off harshly and that Texera should have been sent off. Uh, okay, let me rephrase this. The coverage was terrible. Like, the camera angles and everything was woeful. So all I saw was, I think it was Ethan Gook, I'm actually un- unsure. All you saw was a blue arm going up and a Korean falling down. Someone threw an arm at someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all all hell broke loose. The Chinese goalkeeper got involved with like some handbags. Uh, Kumu Yao seemed to abuse someone in Chinese. I'm not really sure what happened there. Uh, but there were some issues between Kumu Yao and um, and and a, a, a Chinese player. And I guess when it, when the linesman brought it back, he said it was Ra- Ramirez who raised his arm. I had no idea. You, you couldn't see. But definitely one of the Jiangsu players raised his arm. And he either made contact or didn't. But and just before that, the Wookiee got his first goal for Chumbuk. He did indeed from a corner. Uh, first of many. I think so. Yeah. Trademark goal. Corner swung in. Perfect corner. The Wookiee out jumps everyone because he is like literally ten foot taller than everyone else in the world. Uh, bullet header. Keeper no chance. The thing I saw a lot of a lot of comments on Twitter was that people were saying. Why are they playing the long ball game to, to the Wookiee when they've got the quality they have in midfield? You got any comments about that? Uh, desperation. Uh, like when they were playing the ball on the deck, they were they were matching Jangsa. Like when they were playing through through midfield, yeah, they, they were they were matching them. Uh, when it went three one, they lost the plot. They completely lost everything. They had no idea what they were doing. Um, he 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 brought in Partlow, who actually was making a difference. But again, he seemed to be pinging long balls out to the either wing, and they were just doing exactly what Uli Stadiki did in the in the East Asian Cup: out of the wings, cross it in, out of the wings, cross it in, or punt up the pitch. Um, so, how many sort of decent chances did he have before he got that goal? I mean, the ball just wasn't really falling to him. I don't think. Um, apart from that goal, yeah, I mean, probably not a whole lot of setters. I don't think you would actually have classed them as being setters. You would probably have said. They were rookie chances, do you know what I mean? Like, you, you know the way that when the ball falls in the box, he always looks like he's, he, he's never seen a football before? And he like turns slower than the Titanic? They, that kind of stuff, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, whether they... I don't, that, like, playing to the rookie strengths does not play to John Book's strengths. The rookie strength is literally being able to jump taller than anyone else. That's not how you... you beat a team like Jiangsu. They had... When the ball was in the deck, they were matching them, and yeah. But as I said, they panicked at the three-one. It could easily have been four-one. Could have probably been five-one. Uh, and I think Chikang he just panicked. He had no idea what to do, and he just started throwing the ball forward. Try out. Well, I think that's. I think it's interesting to see that what will happen in, in the K League, because in the K League, is he going to do the same thing? If, for example, Seoul or a Songnam or a Suwon or a Pohang, Ulsan. Get a couple of goals, you know, they get a goal in front. Is he going to like, just start throwing high balls forward? Interesting. So, I don't really think Jiangsu were 
that much better than, than John Book. For a good 15 minutes, they absolutely battered them and were by far the better team. But over the 90 minutes, I don't think they were really that much better than them. Okay, should we have a brief chat about tonight's games, such as they are? Uh, yeah, so right now it's still 1-0 to Pohang. Pohang are still winning 1-0 over Urawa Reds. We're in the second, second half, half now. Second half's just finished. Uh, the other second game half just started. Uh, sorry, second half just started, right. Just in case, I mean, if it finishes 1-0, we can just keep that in, right? <laughs> <laughs> but second half just started, yeah? The other game in that group saw Guangzhou go to Sydney in an earlier kickoff. That has actually finished. And it finished 2-1? Two two one. One to Sydney. That is huge. It's not huge, but that means that Guangzhou in two games have one point. So as it stands, Guangzhou bottom of that group. Long may it stay that way. That's all I have to say. So, I mean, we pretty much sort of poo-pooed Pohang's chances of actually doing anything in this group, but in the as-it-stands table, they are actually top. Yeah, but we did also say that going to Guangzhou when there was no fans in the stadium and then the whole match against Urawa was the best start they could possibly have had. So if they take all three points from this game against Urawa, I'm not going to say they've actually really surprised me. Uh, I still think going away to Sydney and going away to Urawa are their two toughest games. Okay. And I think when Guangzhou have to win, I believe they'll get the favourable decisions as well. Yep. Um, you think there'll be some manipulation to make sure that Guangzhou do, do qualify? Guangzhou will not not get out of that group. They'll not not get out of that group. <laughs> yes, there is no way Guangzhou will be allowed to not get out of that group. Okay. That's my opinion of it. In the other in the other group, Group G, um, both games still going on. Ten minutes left. It's Gambosaka one, Melbourne victory one. Oof, that's a surprise. Melbourne took the lead in the first five minutes uh, with an own goal, and then Endo got the equaliser ten minutes into the second half. And then Suwon, Shanghai's just kicked off about 10 minutes ago, still 0-0. Still 0-0. I actually did, I mean, I think I rather bravely and blazingly last week predicted that Gamble would win all, all, all their home games. Uh, I guess I know nothing about football. I, I'm really surprised that Gamble not winning that one. Okay, I mean, there's 10 minutes left, but I will be, yeah, like, that's a surprise. I had them tipped as being the winners of that group. So as a part-time Seoul fan... So, if, assuming they qualify, we'll get paired with first or second of Group H. Who do you fancy? Sydney, Guangzhou, Poang or Urawa? Um, having beaten the Thai champions, having beaten the Japanese champions, uh, I would say so fans should be saying, bring on the Chinese champions. Guangzhou Evergrande. Okay. I think so we're capable of beating. Having watched that game and... What the highlights of, of the Buriram game I don't think Seoul should fear anyone over two legs I guess the point is that Guangzhou are clearly underachieving at the moment whereas Seoul are probably not going to get much better okay, are they? Yeah. but then again your other options would be Pohang or Urawa or Sydney right? yeah uh, I think it's, it's a very tough group so whoever they get whoever they get is going to be tough yeah you would probably say with history you would probably be jumping up, jumping up and down if they get Pohang yeah yeah, I think so. Having knocked him out of three cups in the last three years or something? Three cups two years? In the last two years, yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Okay, that's all this week's matches covered. Um, the only thing left to talk about, really, before we get onto our new special section, is third party ownership. 
which was big news back in the UK a few years ago, and has suddenly reared its ugly head in Korea. So, basically, three teams got punished this week, namely Taejeon, Puchon, and Kyungnam, because they signed contracts with players whereby the agent or the manager of the player was allowed to retain final say over future transfers. So, okay. illegal under FIFA ruling, apparently. So, Puchon got slapped with a, a 10 million won fine. Is this similar to the, the, the Carlos Tevez thing? Yeah, Way back in the day, the, when they went to West Ham. Right. Tevez and... Um, it was two. Mascherano. Mascherano, yeah. So, yeah, basically, Tejon and Puchon both had, both had a player where the contract said... If the if they wanted to sell him on, they need to get prior written permission from the player's agent, manager slash third okay. party. It's still really common in in Italy. Well, no, in Italy it's dual ownership. Like two teams kicking on one player. So, for example, like AC Milan own a player, but they give him to like Palermo. But AC Milan, like, so if you want to buy the player from Palermo, you have to get permission from both. Milan and Palermo. But I think it's a different situation. I don't think that's the same idea. I think that's maybe like Milan farming players out, maybe. Um, so, so yeah, so so that's pretty pretty huge then, yeah? I'd imagine that 10 million won fine for Pujon's not a small amount of their budget. Yeah, do you know who the, does it say who the players were? Uh, it doesn't. I tried to find out, but I couldn't find out who that was. But Wait, are we going to get stabbed in the dark and say it was the Piranha? Presumably someone of the... Yeah, the Piranha and Lukian, maybe. Or presumably not Almir. <laughs> he doesn't. He, he, he doesn't have first party ownership. Never mind third party ownership. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no one owns him. The poor little mate. Right. Um, now it's time for our closing section. Uh, it's going to do a regular feature each week. Is it going to be the closing section every week? Not necessarily. We can mix it up. Okay. So I'm excited. Lo- for most of the last sort of six months, we've been promising the, the listeners a, a rant on referees by you. Yes, that's never got around to doing it. Have not indeed. But since you have been growing, you, you have been sort of complaining to me about this and that in the last couple of weeks. We thought, why not turn this into a, a podcast feature? I, I mean, it should be noted that I complain all the time. <laughs> so, but anyway, yes, I, I have a, I have a lot of opinions on on K League football, some which you may have noticed. Some strong opinions. Yeah. So, so each week we're going to give you two up to two minutes to discuss what you want to, or to complain what you want to complain about. Okay. Uh, I'll set the clock going. Okay. Do you want to tell me what this week's subject is about? Yep. This week's subject. B- before you get start, yeah. I get to tell you the subject first, yeah, and then okay. two minutes on the subject. Yeah. Okay. This week's subject is about, and we and we put it under the heading of respect the K League. Uh, this week's subject is about the obsession that certain people, particularly on Twitter, but even not on Twitter, and the and in, in, in the media and further and further afield, have about overseas Korean players. Okay. So, two minutes to talk about Son Min, basically. Uh, no, there's a whole lot of yes. Okay, right, ready, set, go. Okay, so as I said, it's under the headline "Respect the K League," and I do believe that when you see things on TV and on Twitter advertised as being the Korean Derby, that for me means it should be John Book v Su, uh, Seoul or Suwon or something. Yeah, the Korean Derby should not be Swansea v Sunderland or Swansea v Tottenham just because two Korean players are playing in it. Uh, I think. You know, Korea, for me, is the only country that has an obsession with those people who are not in their country. For example, Stephen Fletcher, 
recently, Scottish player, recently moved to Marseille. I have no idea how many minutes he's played or if he's scored a goal yet, but every person in Korea can tell you how many minutes Ki Young has played and whether or not Song Hyung Min has actually come off the bench or not. And I think it's one thing to be interested in football and be interested in players in other leagues, but it's another thing when that becomes the most important thing. Uh, and I think, for example, Kaylee games not being shown or things like not being highlighted so we can see a rerun of Ki Sun Young's Swansea goals. Uh, it's only two minutes. Uh, Swansea's goal is not, not my rant. Uh, and I think it's about time that people realise that we have a, we have a, a product here. You know, like it's from here that those players go overseas. And let's focus on the K-League here. Let's focus on the players here and the teams here. And let's not give all of our attention to whether or not Son Young Min and Ki Sun Young were on Instagram yesterday uh, having coffee. Who cares? Let's focus more on the fact that John Book and FC Seoul were playing in the ACL. That's more important than whether or not Son Young Min can spell Instagram. He was out in London with all his with all his other buddies, right? Yeah, but it's, who cares? As I said, like if if Don Cowie visits Stephen Fletcher in Marseille, you're not going to get any Scottish person tweeting, "Look, all the Scots are out in, in, in Marseille." Unless he does like that Arsenal player and gets caught having a fag or peeing on the street or something. No, Scottish people generally don't get caught with fags. Okay, that's your time. Okay. Uh, Thirty seconds to rebut. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I have seen the tweets you're talking about, and I do take your point, but I would also say that the the people that sort of tweet and retweet that stuff are also quite interested in the K-League, and I have seen them tweet, tweeting a lot about K-League teams and having a general interest. So It wasn't just Twitter. I, I, I did state at the, at the beginning uh, it was not just social media, but also the, like, the mainstream media as well. Yeah, the mainstream media, I take your point fully. Like when you have SBS covering and showing anything other than K-League, uh, I think it's, it's a disgrace. I think good friend of the podcast, Gary, would tell you that last year at Lunar New Year, when we went away for a trip and we are trying to find some live football on TV and all we could see was replays of Lee Chung Young's goals from, from Bolton five years ago. Yes. And that was, that was pathetic, to be honest. That's really what I'm talking pathetic. about. Yes. That's the kind of thing. I, I can understand people being interested. It's a big thing. When you know, like someone moves here to the Premiership, I guess I'm so used to it now because like Scottish talent has always moved down to England. Uh, I don't ever think anyone really sits and thinks, how you know, like how many minutes has Dan Fletcher played, or we don't do that kind of thing. I guess maybe it's because we are used to it, maybe. But I do think what it does do is it, it kind of takes away attention from from the K League here and now. And I think the K League is the bread and butter. That's what we should focus on. And yeah, sure, if Son Young Min. You know, gets a new tattoo, yeah, well, whatever. Uh, I don't think it's that hugely, hugely important that that's all over Twitter being retweeted. Um, as I said, it's not just Twitter. That's one thing. My main bugbear is with the mainstream media, uh, who would rather cover, yeah, who would rather show Ki Sung Young taking a corner at Swansea than than actually bother uh, showing FC Souls highlights. Yeah, I agree with you on the mainstream media when it when it comes to Twitter. I just say, if you don't know what they're tweeting, just unfollow them. That's right. But I was there for five followers. <laughs> so, okay. There's a new section. Should we have something ranty for our outro music? Uh, something yeah. angry? Something angry? I'll leave up to you, music maestro. Oh, there's always a place for the angry young man With his fist in the air 
been able to learn from mistakes So we can understand why his heart always breaks And his honor is pure and his courage is well 